There's some pods in this house. If you see them, point them out. There's some pods in this house. If you see them, point them out. What There's is some pods in this house. If you see them. <laughs> oh, man. This is my favorite part of the week. Marketing Misfits episode. Kobe. Kobe episode. Kobe episode. Oh, Kobe. my goodness. Hold on. Probably should have said the next sports episode for him, but episode twenty four, Marky Misfits. I am Mike Summers, Jeff McHenry, Dave Smith, Stu Cornelius. Recording live from Times Square, got them studios. Holla at your boy. If this is your first time, this isn't your average marketing so- uh, podcast. Yeah. The B side. That's where I go. Okay, just a personal note. I'm just kind of like really. Um, I love you, JD. You have a lot more money than I do, but I expect Uh-oh. it more. See, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. We talk about Jermaine. Jermaine Free. Um, life of 1472. Life in 1472. You don't remember that from back in the day? No, Mm-mm. that was his first solo album. That had money uh, in the day. That had money, money in the thing. Uh, that had jazzy yeah. hoes. You but, know, but there's no reason JD shouldn't be Diddy. Like the Diddy for the South. He and when I compare the two, mm, that's a hard comparison. It's so. a hard comparison. Yeah. Diddy is also one of one. I think I, it's hard. It's but hard you, to be in. But, but who are you had? You had TLC. You had the Brat. You had Bow Wow. No, I don't think. They, I don't think it's the catalog or the caliber of acts. I think it took a while for America to get close to South. To the A, yes. But Diddy, New York was always New York. But the A is the central of hip hop music now. Now and you were but you're not going back to listen to Bow Wow right now but you were the mogul like I, yeah, I, no. I mean I'm just saying like you had a foundation and yeah, I felt like did. your foundation withered away that's fair what people like Diddy hey it's the same 24 hours but, in a day bro but Diddy also <laughs> transcended music though so like do you think Diddy is famous JD like, did as well JD had uh, what was it three vodka I don't know if y'all remember that see this is what I'm oh, it's three, three olives three. exactly <laughs> exactly three olives vodka I'm about to say the three olives yeah <laughs> I've been in this game for a long time. Okay? Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember <laughs> who was popping what yeah, bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the studio in high school, and he had the three volumes, like a big red three on it, I believe it was. It was. Yeah. Well, it wasn't Ciroc. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but it was literally before Ciroc. Yeah. Hey, before yeah, his time. Before his time, I guess. I so was know. Armandale. <laughs> so was Armandale. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Was that Tip? No, nah, that was. Uh, Dame Armandale Dash. was Jay and, and that Dame. Was, that was Dame and Who was the Ludiac? Uh, Conjure. 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 It was so nasty. Nelly, Nelly had something too, didn't he? 
He did. What was that joint I called? Don't know. I, like, all I remember. T Pain had a joint too. All I remember is Vocal. He, he, we, we had Nuvo. Nuvo. Yeah. I don't think that was T Pain's joint though. They like they grabbed him. He was the front man. Yeah, right. Nuvo hired a an agency. I think they're out of Miami. That like basically that's what they do is they they put alcohol or whatever and product placement into music videos. Mm. Fun like fact, culture. you know Nuvo and Hypnotic were created by the same person. Yes. I, it tastes the same. And, and the other <laughs> joint, <laughs> and the other one, Tycoon. I don't know Tycoon. It's like the it's like a triangular bottle look like Nuvo. It was green though. Oh. Yeah. Oh. All same people. All this right. glowing liquid. Yeah. You can't drink it now. It's all type of alcohol culture vultures. Hey man. It worked for a while. Yeah, <laughs> for a minute. Still yeah. working. There was Still a day working. if you were a rapper, you came out with the outfit. A clothing line. You you was rich. Clothing that, line. That G and unit tank top. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it did not take much. No. <laughs> it did not take much. I wanna get to know you. <laughs> that shit slap. Man, what? Ooh yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, all right. So this is our uh, our black history episode. Uh, so Doesn't get any blacker than yeah, <laughs> black. Talking the about rappers and alcohol. <laughs> Welcome. That was great. Um, all right, so black history episode. Um, what's up on commercials, man? I, I I haven't seen. I don't know if you guys have seen anything different. Than I have. I haven't seen that many commercials that like have just really just like quantity period. Not even like good or bad. I just haven't seen that many activations. Yeah. That's fair. I haven't really seen any. Yeah, if you're not if you're not gonna come with it, then stay away. Stay away. I, <laughs> yeah. too. That's I, I also just play devil's advocate. I, I do take the other side sometimes of like we uh as black Twitter, um mm-hmm. real life black Twitter, like we kill people so quickly that I think we've scared um a lot of especially non black people, but even black people of like doing anything. So, yeah. That's that's like, fair. Like we roasted people what last year for the Adidas white shoes that they that they dropped oh, on yeah. for Black History Month. Yeah. Some white running shoes. We roasted for them. I'm like who you know, uh, white besides black people and Jerry Seinfeld on people who wear white shoes? <laughs> so, like, that's fair. <laughs> like, Air Monarchs. Let's be real. Let's be real. That's <laughs> true. You'll get mad for some white shoes for, for, yeah, it's just too much. Well, you know, cause black kids usually only get one pair of shoes for the school year and you're not getting white cause it's gonna get dirty. So yep. you gotta keep them clean. That's the psychology behind that, white folks. You can take that. <laughs> <laughs> How, how much? How much you charging for that one? Steve? I mean, that one's for free. The game is free. If you, if you see a black, if you see a black guy with white sneakers, then he just started wearing white sneakers. <laughs> Only black people can do the alley like that. It's real. <laughs> uh, all right, real quick. So, so the two that have caught my eye though, um, one Google the Grammys um, dropped an amazing, amazing spot, um, and it looks similar to like some of the other spots that they've dropped. Like they're kind of going for the same. Yeah, like aesthetic. Thematic, yeah, 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 aesthetic and within it. Um, but what was so valuable behind it is it was all based on kind of like searching the best in these different um, fields or the merch search for in these different fields. And but it was black people. It wasn't like the 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 most searched black ballerina. It was like the most searched ballerina, mm-hmm. yeah, right. or the most most searched um, dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just went on and on and on. Most searched president. Most searched it. it and it, and what it was really to me, um, it kind of insight for me was like uh, black history is American history. That's a fact. Yeah, um, a fact. it's world history. Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
and we we've had to deal with kind of this um, adjective of black being in front of everything in order for it to be the best. You're the black whatever, and then you cue mm-hmm. a white man or another type of man or woman. Hmm. The black Bill Gates. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was a common one. Exactly. exactly. Um, so that was one thing on it. Um, and then secondarily, so actually talks a lot of people in Google about it um, and how you kind of developed it in the process for it. Um, and every time I talk to people, like there's not like a person they they point at for it. They they basically get, I think it was kind of like a night job um or an extracurricular activity that a lot of black people across organization organization kind of contribute that's to. how most that's of all. the work gets done yeah. typically mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. especially in tech but keep going because black stuff is something extra that's another story i mean <laughs> another story you got to do the job they pay you for first yeah. and then you could do the black stuff also I- <laughs> <laughs> it's real i promise no, that's the fact. <laughs> so as much as I love the commercial, they did air for the uh for what the Oscars was the Oscars or Grammys Grammys and Grammys. Grammys and not the Super they aired, Bowl. They aired for the Grammys, get the Super Bowl, and then came back for All-Star. NBA All Star. Yeah, that's which I very thought was black. interesting. And they aired for the Super Bowl. Just to be clear, they aired a similar spot at the Super Bowl. It just wasn't Black History Month focused. It's like this is the spot you don't want to do it, but you want to do it for All Star Weekend. See, that's that's interesting. I actually had a different perspective on that because. I love the Google's commercial in general, mm-hmm. but I would say the thing that I like the most about it is that they dropped it in January. Because usually during February, during Black History Month, everyone feels comfortable having the conversation around black people. It was fine. Right? So the fact that they were able to take that bet during an event like the Grammys, that's why I really loved it. Because usually it's like, all right, it's February. We need some Black History Month stuff. Where's the Frederick Douglass creative? It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but the fact that they were able to say, nah, like, to your point, like, black history is American history. We dropped that shit in January. Yeah, it was, it was also, like, two days before February started, which, yeah. I, again, it was a sweet spot to drop yeah, it. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it landed perfectly, and I think it was really smart the way they did it. Um, it also is it's one of those things where it's another, like, not, not that you need another reminder that black people are dope, but when you see all of the things back to back, you know what I'm saying? You ever have that point in your life where you look back at all the things you've accomplished and you're like, damn, like, that was dope. Like, I, I really, I, I had that. I killed that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was, it was really, it was really great to see all these different fields. I think about of that success. while I listen to our podcast every time. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish they throw us up there one day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> No, nah, I thought I thought it was dope. I did. Google, I did we can it. be bought. I mean, to your, to, we can <laughs> buy me out, buy me out, and fly me out. To your, it's it's fluid. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I w- I would say with the Google. I mean, and, and to your point, Mike. Like, you, I think you get to a certain point in life. I think, when, especially when you get older. But for these companies, where it's like you can't not do something because of how other people. I mean. People still, even though the commercial is great, taking their stats behind the wall aside of number of black people that work there, it was a brilliant ad. It was data driven, which is data that they owned. Yep. So it didn't really cost them anything. Nothing. Rights to pictures and maybe the song credit. And that was it. So it was brilliant. It was a great use of what they had. And, and yeah, I think, I think it probably did more than whatever they paid to, um, to, to put it out on air. I think the most successful campaigns are the ones that you have to go Google. Well, I'll say a, a coaching moment, as you guys know, we do podcasts for like different levels of like kind of knowledge within marketing. Um, typically your, well, not even typically, or a lot of times, um, your creative and your buying for your media will be kind of separate. So you have maybe you're a certain group or a certain agency who's like actually creating, creating the, the actual ad that you saw versus people who are actually buying the placement of that media. And that's that buying is where they're, 
is showing up in um, Super Bowl versus Grammys versus Oscars. And maybe you have a central strategist or somebody who owns a brand that's driving a direction, but you may have different agencies or something kind of driving it. So to the point of kind of like skipping the Super Bowl, could or could not be the same team making that decision. Yeah, I mean, I know good point. Google does their buying through Essence, which is a part of Group M. That's what I know. But I don't, I'm not sure who the, who the creative agency was. Um, I think they switched recently, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Second, uh, um, commercial, um, that caught my attention recently, uh, was the yesterday. Ba- yeah. Yesterday. It's <laughs> <laughs> first time I ever seen it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. About yeah. being real. It did blow up. Um, Facebook, um, as we're promoting their groups, which they also promoted during the Super Bowl and did not use the Black History one. Nope. And, mm. Um, the Black History one was used during All Star mm-hmm. um, for their advertising their groups, which I would kind of give like a Reddit, their Reddit competitor, maybe. Um, they're, they're kind it's of like the, a central topic. They're, of people they're the who originator. To- they've had groups. Facebook okay. groups have been a thing for a long time. I think this is the first time that they've started to actually highlight it as a product feature, okay, or or a benefit to consumers. So go on, go on Facebook and kind of talk about a central topic. They um. They basically used uh, the Negro spiritual. Um, is it not the Negro spiritual? It's basically the national black. The national black. Lift every voice. So hold on, hold on. I'll take that one. So, so uh, to, to that effect, till victory is won, brother. <laughs> <laughs> to that effect. Hold on. Have, oh, did y'all did y'all watch uh, the Def Jam reunion? Uh, with Chappelle in them? Yeah, yeah. And they start singing the Negro Yes. Some of them didn't but, uh, know the words. Anthem, but Jesse did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Tell you, skin brothers be on it now, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point. That's where you were going yeah. with <laughs> But no, I had a confession to make that as soon as I heard the song, granted, one, it was a commercial, right? So I'm doing a bunch of stuff in the crib. But also, as soon as I heard the song, froze. I turned away. Because, oh, really? I, because when I think of that song, it's almost like pandering. It's like really, really wow. black. So for me to like hear it, I'm like, oh man, they bullshit. And I stopped. So I had to go back and look at it. Okay. Once I saw your text, but once I did it, like it really did resonate. Yeah. I liked it. it. Oh, I felt the same way. I still feel the same way that you felt originally. Cause it just felt like, I don't know. Every time we talk about, um, I, I just don't think we do enough of the celebrating of black culture sometimes during like Black History Month as we do talking about the very important past that's like a foundation that we always talk about like leading to all these other things or institutional race racism but like sometimes like i just like especially during black history month i just want people to do more of the celebration like i saw in the google app absolutely um and it just i I don't feel that in that that facebook app i think it's interesting that uh they went the groups route um facebook as you all know has a big um identity crisis slash accountability issues um, and so I think that, you know, I think this helped from a PR standpoint in terms of what their sentiment is. You know, we're talking about it today. So I think that there was some some benefit to doing that sort of commercial and execution during the times that they did. But that's it. That's all I'll read into it. I mean, but it's also interesting two tech companies. I know. Doing yeah. doing black history. Yeah. With less than 5% representation as people look at. That's color. what I'm saying. So, yeah. yeah. They got money to burn. So, like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do basically think it, it comes down to like there's some black employees inside making some noise. Absolutely, and, and they have the money to like say, always here, go do it. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. exactly what it was. Versus <laughs> uh, uh, other companies, like you can make noise and like, yeah, we're not gonna pay for it. Nah, nah. <laughs> and make all the noise, yeah. bang on the pots all day. I mean, not <laughs> what can you do at twenty? We're not putting you in the studio to bang on pots though. That's not happening. <laughs> Just the bang on pots. Studio time expensive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so, so we haven't seen any advertisements. I do think we've seen a lot of things that have kind of impacted black culture. Um, Malcolm X documentary is one of those. Um, Dave, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I speak from somebody who is one level from Hotep when it comes to Malcolm X. One, one level. <laughs> one, one level. level. Hotep removed. And I say that from, from the perspective of uh, my father was extremely light-skinned and very pro-black. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly him coming in the crib with the two deep, with the two VHSs because the content wouldn't fit on one yeah, tape. Yeah, I remember that. So when you rented it, you had to have two tapes. And I just had remember a big him. old X on it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so all that said, so there is a new docu series on Netflix right now. It's called "Who Killed Malcolm X," um, and the documentary series has really raised enough questions that the case is being reinvestigated. Um, last Monday, actually, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office said that it would renew the case after information came to light. In addition, it's also working with the Innocent Project. Innocence Project, excuse me. That's uh, Brian Stevenson. I think so, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. a nonprofit that works to exonerate the wrongly uh, convicted. So overall, um, the documentary itself was very thorough. Um, I would recommend it to anyone, black or white. Um, and a quote that I saw at the bottom of one of the many articles I have pulled up on my computer right now, um, but I think this is very important. It says, given the historical importance of this case, and the fact that our client is 81 years old, this client is the one they're trying to exonerate for a, tr- for a crime he did not commit. We are especially encouraged that Mr. Vance has assigned two highly respected prosecutors to work on the reinvestigation. Um, overall, I think that bringing this to light will help um, not only set the history straight with what's going on with the project, but also give Malcolm X his due. I think that oftentimes Martin Luther King is celebrated and we all know they were not rocking with Martin Luther King while he was on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like the hatred and the vitriol from, my, from Malcolm X has probably stayed. Uh, but watching the documentary, I saw a lot of great things that the new kids should know. Yeah, I mean, th- that's the same thing with Muhammad Ali. They didn't really bang with exactly. him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then when they left, it was like, oh, this this big thing. Correction on the earlier point, the Innocence Project was uh, started by Peter Newfield and Barry Sheck. Barry Sheck, you'll probably remember him from the uh, O.J. Simpson trial. He def- he defended. He was part of the, the legal dream team. Ah, yeah. okay. And he started the Innocence Project after the O.J. trial. Started. Okay, yeah. okay. I um So one, I want to give a shout out real quick, cause, um, and we don't know each other personally, but, but uh, as a partner of Brooklyn T, who is is very close to the fam on the podcast, yeah. Um, but one of the producers um, is, is is partnered with with Brooklyn T and works with Brooklyn T. Uh, her name is Nalaya, mess her last name, I F E with the accent mark. Why are you looking at the African, bro? What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong? I don't know, bro. <laughs> I wasn't looking at Dave, uh, Virginia. Yeah, I'm gonna go with EP. Um, Probably that yeah. sounds right. that sounds all right. Yeah. yeah, but um, so it's just shout out to her on the project. I will say I haven't I haven't watched the whole thing. Uh, I watched the first episode. It's in my queue. Okay, yeah, you have to be in the mood. You have to like. Yeah, you I do. still haven't you seen do. um, what's the Ava DuVernay joint? When they see us, I, I still haven't watched that. I still that have, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I need to be in a in a mental space. For yeah, it. yeah. I will say the first episode. I, I did feel like I was like. Well, well, who uh, is the the niece or nephew of the Elijah Muhammad, <laughs> Prophet Elijah Muhammad? Because it was like they were acquitting um, the Nation of Islam really, left really hard. Right. Oh, oh yes. right. I mean, it was a lot of it was a lot of defending of when you you know as you go through it, you see. Um, you trying to say it without giving it away? Yeah, I know. It's I hard know. Not to spoil, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard not to spoil. I think that broadly, what you will see is the overall deflection by everyone 
yep. of the truth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. I'll leave it at that. I can't yep. say it anymore. I give it away. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think one of the interesting things, too, especially because of bringing the case back. So two of the brothers that were actually originally arrested for the crime, like they weren't even present. Like they weren't even there. Yeah. So what was crazy is that the FBI, with all these sort of factors that pointed out that these people were completely innocent, never had any desire to look into it any further. And I'll leave it at that because that's when you start to understand how deeply entrenched the FBI was in this case. But it was just crazy the fact that they never even had any desire to open it up. So throughout the documentary, you start to get answers as to why that was happening. I've heard this story before. Yeah. Not going to lie to you on that one. (laughs) Um, Next project I want to get into. 1619. Um, Stu, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the 1619 project was a project started by, um, dang, I'm going to forget her name. Um, it's Nicole Hannah-Jones. Um, and she was a New York Times staff writer at that time. And this is where the project kind of started. Um, and essentially what it is is like 17 literal works that bring to life key moments in American history. And while slavery is pretty much the the focal point, it's it's also more so like how do we focus on this being more American history than just African American history. Um, and, and what you'll see is, you know, a lot of people, especially when they look at the project. So it was, it was published by the New York Times magazine. Um, you can go online and, and read it all. Or if you want the hard copy, you can order it as well. Um, I have like two at my house. Um, what you'll see about the project is, is it's, it's really trying to highlight how America really was born out of hypocrisy. So most people think like slavery happened like way after like, you know, the country was started. So you'll notice that it's 1619 and not 1776, which is when America became an origin or an actual nation. Um, and people are like, well, well, how can that be? Like, how can you, you know, use it? Well, it's because the first slaves didn't arrive <laughs> after we decided to sign this thing called the Declaration of Independence, um, which was, you know, one of the brainchilds of Thomas Jefferson, who owned like many slaves and shout out are, Sally Hemings <laughs> yep and, and had people as a part of his family that that are actual black, actually black so um it's a very interesting thing for me personally being you know a person whose parents came from West Africa and thinking about how Ghana pretty much supplied most of the slaves within the transatlantic uh slave trade uh through Almina Castle and the Cape Coast Castle um it's it's very interesting from the standpoint that I think when she started to go on this project, I think she there was a there was a kind of sense of being ashamed of of her of her history. She you know came, coming from slaves and all of that. I think she started to find her identity as you go along. So when you do as you read this project, you really do start to understand how much we're ingrained in American culture that this has no choice but to be American history. You had a guy who owned slaves yet signed a document that said all people are created equal and, you know, have this have this right to pursue life, liberty and happiness, like knowing that you have captives under Mm -hmm. you that. (laughs) So so it's really an understanding or a. Or a reclamation of the history that we that that America has decided to really hide and and yeah. kind of teach us all um, the wrong stuff or the watered down version of of what our history actually is and has been and so it's pretty much starts off in Jamestown as it's the first colony in in the United States and it goes from there till pretty much now in terms of the timeline of uh, of American history. What, what I loved about our POV um, and just like the whole project was um, 
she kind of came in. She talked about like her herself being a child, and her dad would have like this this American flag yep. outside of her house, and and she, outside a big old flag, yeah, like huge. And as a black person, like we're almost uh, in some ways like trained to not be proud to be American at this point, because like you're like you feel like America's against you in so many ways, whether it be through slavery in the past, or whether it be like um, institutionalized racism, or it be like the police force and things that we're seeing in news and, and a million other things that are going on. Um, so I think her pers- position or perspective is that she learned as she grew older and she led to this project is like, no, we, we built this country yeah. as much or more than anyone else. Yes. So mm-hmm. like you Facts. can't take the pride away from me because like, this is, this mind. is mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a literal Jedi mind trick. Yeah. The fact that, like you said, it's this constant, duality of you aren't American but then again we are essential to the fabric of America like literally built the country but I do like just speaking for I like I don't rep the American flag it feels weird it doesn't feel like it's connected Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. well you spend so much time it's it's funny Trevor Noah had this thing the other night where he was trying to break down the the psychology or the the psychological effects of what stop and frisk meant in the United States or in the U.S. because other states started to adopt similar principles and legislation. Um, and he's talking about how, like, when white people see these stories about people getting gunned down and, and running from the cops, it's like it's not they're not running because they've done something. They're running because every time they've stood, they've stood around. They've gotten chastised. They've gotten harassed. They've gotten slammed against a wall. So if that happens to you enough, you're like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this today. Let me go down this other street or bus and move somewhere else. So you think about that. And yeah, no, that's not something you're proud to be a part of, you know? And so I think that this comes at a very important time, especially as we talk about, you know, the black cultural renaissance that's starting to kind of reinvigorate and and take over American and popular culture. Um, And so I thought the project is great. I mean, I think think everyone should check it out. It's, It's a long read. So you're probably going to do it in a couple pieces. But, um, yeah, the, the fact of the matter is black people aren't super, you know, we don't wear American flag boxers like some of our counterparts <laughs> or, or T-shirts during, you know, maybe Fourth of July with a small little flag. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we don't yeah. do too much. Still, you don't know what kind of draws I got on. I, I don't. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> but, but I, I mean, I will say that it's interesting that you, when you do see your white counterparts, the way, how hard they go for the American flag yeah, tattoos yeah, yeah, yeah. and all kinds of stuff and how you'll be hard. I mean, I wear an American soccer jersey on 4th of July. That's probably the, the most you'll see. Oh, oh. So. Was it, was it mystical that had American flag on the cover? Mystical. It was some rapper. I don't know. Well, yeah, Outcast the black, Outcast, but it was the black joint. Yeah, that, Al- I don't care. Outcast the black and white American flag, <laughs> it was, which is the hardest joint ever. There's somebody. I, I it was two live crew. Was it two live crew? No. The reason why I say this, so Mike and I randomly ended up at the hip hop photography exhibit with our ladies, uh, yeah. Brooklyn Museum. Uh, no, no, no. It's an actual separate exhibit. Oh, by at, like, the International Center of Photography. Got it. Um, it's like in the Lower East Side, like in the Bowery. Either way, um, they did a lot of kind of behind the scenes and you almost saw the negatives from different photo shoots. Yeah. So the two live crew album, you know, they had just won the case against the United States for no. freedom of freedom speech. speech yeah. So the photographer wanted to have them against the American flag, like as the juxtaposition for yeah. that. Nice. That's interesting. We creative as shit, boy. No, it's also interesting too, because like to Mike's point with the at the beginning of the podcast about looking back and then celebrating where we're currently at. Of all the topics we've talked about in this episode, only one of them is present day. 
The other ones are about things that happened before. So do you guys feel like there's a bit of, as we're talking about this cultural renaissance, that people are looking back to look forward? Or, like, kind of where is the conversation, like, culturally now? You want to take that one, Mike? I mean, like, to me, yeah. (laughs) I mean, to me, it's the balance. But, like, I also feel like I want to spend more time on a celebration. And to me, that, like, current piece is the celebration piece. And I just, especially when it's getting appropriated 24-7 and, like, it is the basis of everything that you love. So, like, I want you to celebrate that more. Yeah. Like, I don't want us to forget about this shit. So, like, don't let – could this this is leading to a lot of problems today, and we have to talk about that. But uh, there there's more celebration that I would like to see in general. I would uh, – mm, not that my approach is more radical, but <laughs> – Nah, go. <laughs> Come but, on, Malcolm. But I, 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 will say, I will say that I think history is very important, and, yeah. and how black families and people have been socialized in this country – it, it does affect us in perpetuity if if we don't understand who we are and understand our identity. And it's hard to get that foundation only focusing on on the future. And so yeah. while I, I do agree that we should focus, I want more movies with new stories that focus on, you know, the beauty of our people, our creativity, our, you know, our ability to find empathy in everything and less about slavery. But I do understand that. Some people, in order to get that sense of identity, need to understand exactly what Dave said. This is our shit. Like, we built, literally, we LeBron this joint and put America on our backs. Yep. So, I mean, I think there's an aspect of, of that pride that you need to really appreciate where we're going. That That's all. And to me, the same sentiment in terms of, like, built this is the same thing for current day stuff, though. Because, like, I, I don't think um, the proverbial the proverbial day or just like everybody who who's not coming from this like diverse culture that we're talking about it, haven't realized how much of the shit that they're doing it came from us until we start saying it. Yeah. So like yeah. now we have like the word culture. Mm-hmm. I talk about the word culture and it's something when I talk about my career and I talk about like these when I was a kid I wanted to be Diddy and I wanted to be the intersection of like mm-hmm. entertainment and business and that's not what I called though. It. You wanted to be Diddy. I wanted to be Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> The South got something to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw the writing on the wall with JD. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to be in a section of what I call what I call then entertainment and business. And as I got older, it's been more so culture and marketing. Mm. And we've created that word culture because pop culture has been around forever. No, the word yeah. culture has been around for a very long time. It hasn't been adjacent to how we move. We we, we took very ownership of Absolutely. it in a brand new way. Agreed. It's not multicultural. It's not pop culture. It's, it's the culture. It's yeah. the culture. <laughs> the culture. Yeah. Doing it for the culture. Yeah. And I think the other piece of it, too, I, I do agree that it's incredibly important to understand where we came from. Identity is important. And, and how we got here, right? Because I think one of the interesting things, too, is like even if you were to look at something like, I don't know, sports culture, basketball culture, it's like when people talk about LeBron and the effect that he has on the game – and a lot of these kids, they never even seen Michael Jordan play. They don't even know. They, they know who he know, is because like, they, 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 they got the kicks. They seen his baggy jeans. They, but they don't, right. know that. <laughs> you know, they don't really fits. know who he is. But what I'm saying is that there's this moment that's happening right now because black culture is the culture. That yeah, yeah. saying it right now. Absolutely. So everybody's kind of seeing the, the 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 shine and the glimmer of that, but they're not understanding how we got here. Yeah, and and that's so, important. You know what I mean? So now we're in the space now where we're educating people on how we got here, and I think. That's why you're starting to see a bit of a balance being restored between looking back and looking and that's, forward. And that's important. That's important. I mean, look, you take a you take something as simple as Diddy, right? What he was been, what he was able to do, he learned from the people that came before him. Your Barry Gordys, your your Quincy Joneses, other cultures like 
connection to music it doesn't really run as deep as it does for us yep. like right like we put messages in our shit like music is a fundamental part of how we fellowship period cooking is a fundamental portion of our of our fellowship like we show love through dance and and eating good food like that's solidarity like other cultures i don't know have that same kind of maybe italian on some level definitely with the food but like i don't know that other cultures have similar things and so understanding the historical context of those things helps you understand a people All right, so so with that, we're gonna we're gonna um, parlay into one other thing that's going on big during Black History Month. It's kind of like vote. That was too black for you. I'm sorry, you want to move on? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving nah, you a, ye- a yes and. We're <laughs> gonna change this to whole type of Jason. A yes podcast. and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes and. Did you hear? Um, so black vote really really big and um, Black History Month. Well, it's a big period, but Black History Month is here. Um, and real quickly, does anybody want to say? Um, who they vibing with on the presidential? I'm having problems with. So I know this segment is supposed to be focused more so on Bloomberg and Biden and the black vote and all of that. But for me, I, I'm I'm very conflicted because as a as a New Yorker, like Bloomberg is like he's done good things. I don't I don't want to I don't want to discredit the good things that he's done. You know, the, the city's a lot safer and he stopped any frisky yeah and it's happened to me a couple times and like and it's the same trevor noah thing that i was i was yeah. talking about earlier is like he hasn't said you ever get an apology you be like motherfucker you ain't sorry yeah <laughs> this is yeah. this is you know what i'm saying where it's like well i'm sorry you felt that, that way, way about yeah. my action <laughs> i don't take my action back i'm sorry that you had an yeah, adverse yeah. feeling towards it and so for michael bloomberg for me it's like look is he better than Trump? Probably, you know, in terms of sensibilities. I know he's smarter than Trump. I feel that way. I, I do feel like he's intellectually capable of leading a nation. That I completely, I so, feel like. So he who are you that. vibing with? Between those two? No, between period. Oh, uh, I mean, I was an Andrew Young or Andrew Yang uh, fan. And so now I got <laughs> Andrew Young too. I'm an Andrew Young. Yeah, I love Andrew Young. I do love Andrew Young. I do love Andrew Yang. That's real. Shout out, Alana. Um, but, but yeah, I was a big, I was a big Andrew Yang fan. Um, I, right now I gotta reconfigure my entire all approach right. to all of this, but I will say it, it'll be hard for me to vote for, for those two. Anybody else feeling somebody? Because Biden is out of touch and, and Bloomberg just got money. So I mean, you gotta go deep on the political views. Just I'm not, then we'll get to the ad piece. I'm not. I did that on someone will be offended the other day. <laughs> um, as of now, if I had to throw the cap in for somebody, it'd be Bernie. Okay. okay. I voted for him That's actually fair. previously during the Hillary year. Okay. Um, and I also voted for Hillary just so we were trying to keep it just in. Yeah. I didn't not vote. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. So we need y'all to vote this year. I, know. I respect way, you, brother. Thank um, you. Like, Stu, I, I would love to do more research, understand, like, policies, who's, who's really trying to do something for the black man and woman. But for now, hmm. yeah. I don't have a candidate. I did the Washington Post thing. It said, "Have you guys?" I need yeah. to do. No, I know yeah. what you're talking about. I need I, to do I did it the again. Washington when Post I do that, thing. Bloomberg is actually my pick. It's Bloomberg like was your pick? My policies. Yeah, I had yeah. Uh, I had Mayor Pete for, for okay. my yeah. joint, which I, I don't. I don't really give a shit. I, yeah. <laughs> like, my, my biggest. Anyone's thing, better than Trump. I my think. biggest yeah. thing is anyone's better than Trump. But Correct. it's also the thing that I. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into the political shit, but. My issue with the Democratic Party is that they don't understand that the game has changed. Like Fam. this shit is wrestling. Like you know what I mean in terms yeah. of what we're trying to do right now. And, and nobody gives a fuck about your policies or yeah. like any of that stuff. 
you got to find a way to beat the person that's currently in office. So you got to pick the candidate that gives you the best chance. So when they're sitting there on the debate stage and throwing each other's dirty laundry out, it's like you know, you're not doing yeah. any of us a favor by doing that. So, the saddest thing so is, the, the, I just want to make this sorry, point real sorry, quick. Go ahead. The, the saddest thing about this is like if 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 the four of us in this room decided to join a campaign, I bet you we can get them elected. That's the craziest thing about this because the game has changed it's and changed. the party overall don't it, it, it's like the Facebook hearings and stuff. They want to create legislature over something they definitely don't understand. At all, <laughs> and it's yeah. the same thing in, in this. Like, in order to capture the black vote, you really do have to understand how social media works, number one. Yep. Number two, the policies that are focused on African-American. Yep. And that's why stopping Frisk is such a thing for me. He's not saying, I'm sorry that we targeted black people, which is what the honest apology is. He's saying, I'm sorry it felt, it felt away. Yep. I feel you. Actually, and so um, a couple things. So for like Hillary, I think, and 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 I, and I like Hillary a lot. Like I actually voted for Hillary in the primaries versus Barack back in the day, and and Barack was like kind of coming up maybe like a week or two later. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I kind of like this guy now. So I'm shoot a jumper. You like? Exactly. He's the man. Yeah, it's good. Whap. <laughs> 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 but but like Hillary, I, I think fundamentally, we don't want to go too deep in this. I think marketing is actually the reason she lost the campaign. And Agreed. Facts. Big time. Uh, yeah, Big and, time. Her and, branding. Yeah. And there was a tactical piece of like where you're showing up and all this kind of stuff. But like from a branding piece, her campaign was very much centralized on her. Her being like kind of a qualification. Yeah. Her being qualified. Like even fucking her, cares. No one cares. Yeah, even her, her campaign was like, I'm with her. It, it wasn't. Compared to mm. like you know a very you campaign or mm. or driving change campaign, mm. it's about like larger society. So I think like the whole thing. I actually called that like very very early, and I said Trump's going to win very early too, like a year in advance. Just want to yeah, the ones that focus on, <laughs> and I think a lot of candidates use this tactic. Like how how much better are you now than you were? Right. Yep. Um, and I think that's what Trump's going to use, yep. right? Because the economy is doing well for what it's worth, um, and he's definitely going to lean on that. So what we do want to get to is like the ad piece. Mm-hmm. So for Bloomberg, so what's been wild to me? So Bloomberg, I guess, officially announced his campaign maybe in November. He was no, he does it late. He, yeah, he was playing around with it forever. Uh, officially announced in November, he he wasn't in uh, on the Iowa or New Hampshire ballot. I'm not sure if he's going to be on Nevada ballot, but I know he'll be on Super Saturday. Yeah, um, not sure about Nevada or not, but that boy has spent three hundred. I think what I, numbers I've seen. I'm sure you see different numbers. Everywhere. He got it. Total is 385 million dollars that he spent thus far, and this Go is throwing a cool 400. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're in mid. We're in mid Feb, which is a bacon, egg, and cheese to him. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Where <laughs> he, he has worked 56 billion, uh, 56.7 billion is the last oh, yeah, number I saw. Um, <laughs> yes, there's nothing. And so I should, the one thing I love about Bloomberg, not the one thing, but like the one thing I really love about Bloomberg is he can go up and like call Trump broke. Like, no, for real. Broke ass. <laughs> no, broke ass. That's real. And I really, like, you want to talk about, like, successful businessman that really had to, like, figure shit out for himself? Like, that's Bloomberg. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. literally, yeah, he's yeah. anti, you know, and look, he has his fuck ups. And, like, I don't, I definitely don't want, I don't, this is, this is the thing that's dangerous about this time in the climate because, like, I'm not trying to kill anyone. I have my yes. issues because it's directly and personally affected me. But I won't say that he's not a qualified candidate because I genuinely believe he yeah. can, he can be. So, so out of that 385, last number I saw was 300 was spent on working media, which is like actual place. Mis- I think it was 250 TV, um, 50 um, digital. Hmm. But I don't my think people- quarter went ham. I don't, <laughs> I don't think people like conceive how much money that is. I don't. 
So, so (laughs) real talk, like, like you, like you put these numbers out here is almost like they're hieroglyphics. Like you say something like that. I'm like, yo, like, what does that mean? So, so in perspective, just a few, just a few things. And these are like rough math top of the head. So like, don't, don't go quoting these things. So I think the, I'm quoting them. uh, (laughs) I think the, the, so he spent 300 million in, in ad revenue over the last few months. I think the Super Bowl made about 435, um, give or take maybe a few 10. Um, made four hundred thirty-five million in ad revenue. So basically, you're saying he could have bought out the Super Bowl Jeez. virtually, he bought every have. commercial in the Super Bowl. He should have. <laughs> no, no, really no, right? If he was black, he would. That's a hell of a fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's like bottle service at fucking Dre's yeah, yeah, in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> if he was black, you're like, I ain't even gotta wear it no more. Yeah, right? He was like, remember when yeah. I bought the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? And also, what I what I did is like back down a little math, but like it was like a ten dollars CPM. Which is like Paul Parker, what you can get on like social media. Um, a $10 CPM, that is the impressions is reaching 30 billion people. So basically, everybody in the world could see his ads <laughs> four to four and a half times. And I'm like, and, and me, I'm That's like, a good I, amount of exposures. It's a lot. Yeah. I've gotten a couple of Bloomberg ads, but I'm like, where the hell are they going? And everybody's like, oh, it's Super Saturday States. But I'm like, how much? Can, how many people live there? Yeah. How many people live in South Carolina? Now you got to bust them over the head with it, though. But like, do you know how much busting over the head that is? <laughs> it's South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> that is so much. Money. I don't even know if they really watch TV like that out there. They be hunting and doing other stuff. Yeah, I know, right? You, know what I'm saying? you might as well do out of home out that joint. I think it's two fifty, and I actually think it was TV and radio. I believe that. But it's a lot of money. I mean, look, you can't thirty billion you, impressions. You can't leave it the chance at this point, man. We've That's seen right. what happened. It's like, okay, I, I got it. Double down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you ever go somewhere and like you really only need one, but you got it. So you're like, I'll get a couple of these joints real quick. So let me hold this down. But it's also like, have you guys seen what he's been doing on social media? No. No. Nah. So he's partnered with this uh, this new company called uh, Meme 2020, mm-hmm. and Meme 2020 is basically like. I don't know. It's like the Avengers of meme accounts. Okay. You know, right. So it's like you've got, you know, Grape Juice Boy, like all these like different sort of like, I don't know, we'll call them dank meme accounts, yeah. if you will. And what he's doing is being like, he's done all these promotions on social media to say, hey, this is Mike. Like, I'm looking for something to make me look cool. Can you guys help me out? And it's like almost self-deprecating social media yeah which is crazy right but it's, it's smart you know but it's super smart because yeah. he's acknowledging like i'm old i'm, I'm not like, the I'm coolest not, I'm, not, I'm out of touch yeah and now he's basically having all these different meme accounts yeah. you know kind of speak on his behalf but that's part of the spin too and they doing that because they're like the whole trump strategy is around yeah yeah social media, absolutely right? and he's so, going smack at trump on twitter too which 100%, i respect <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> new rules dog new rules you just don't know what you do to me. <laughs> <laughs> just like that, we're going up to go into Victoria's VIG. New rules. This new rules again. I don't think it's no rules anymore. I think the rules ended. Wow, wow, well, West. Making it up as they go along. Uh, it is point. literally the Wow, Wow, West. It's literally the Wow, Wow, West. Uh, all right, Marky Misfits, Kobe episode, episode 24. Uh, talking about Black History Month. Um, again, that works. If you listen, subscribe, subscribe. Subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. Subscribe first. Yeah, drop, drop <laughs> yeah. us a line in the DM. Tell, sure. tell us what we should be talking about. Yeah, tell your mama who don't even listen to it. Tell her to subscribe to make our numbers. Look she good. might learn something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is Marky Misfits episode twenty four recorded live from Gotham Studios at Times Square. Um, I am Mike Summers, Jeff McHenry, Dave Smith, Stu Cornelius. Oh. Oh. Oh.
Just 